Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Weekly Dose of Wicked. We're happy to have you here. So happy. Nothing brings us more joy than you tuning in every single week. That is true. You're our light to our lives. You are, for sure. So, in the world of Weekly Dose of Wicked, what do we got going on? Not a lot. Uh, Today is going to be September 27th. Do you guys care if I give you the date? Probably not. You guys probably don't give a rat's ass. No, probably not at all. It's more for me. So I know which day these episodes are coming out. So we're doing this new thing here where we batch record. So instead of recording an episode, like, sometimes more than once a week. So we record, like, six episodes a month. So some weeks we're recording, like, two episodes a week, but, like, on different days. Right. Because we, like, record every episode individually. Okay, so it's just gotten really exhausting. So instead, we're doing this new thing where we record, like, multiple episodes in a day, trying to, like, cut down on travel. And also, that way I can, like, sit down and edit a whole bunch at once instead of having to sit down and edit, you know, multiple days a week. Whatever. So anyway, we're trying this new thing. So it's really for me. So I can keep track of it because <laughs> I'm getting a little overwhelmed. I've got like three episodes on deck. Yeah. For editing. So, you know, I'm going to knock them all out. Will you leave me on your vacation? Sounds good. So anyway, yeah, not a lot going on. Um, no. That's about it. Um, If you wonder to yourself, like if you find yourself sitting at night wondering, like, how can I get more Weekly Dose of Wicked? You can head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Weekly Dose of Wicked, where you can get two more episodes a month for the low, low cost of just starting off $3, $3 a month. I think everyone wonders that. I think they do, too. I think you probably keeps you up at night. Like, oh, I wish those girls put out more episodes. Good news. We do. Um, and there's other perks too, like ad free episodes and thank you cards and shout outs on upcoming episodes and stickers. Who doesn't love a sticker? I love a good sticker. It's Me one of my too. favorites. I also love a good handwritten thank you card. And Ashley writes them. Mm, I wrote them before, so that's not true. Not every thank you card has been written by you. Not everyone, but most. Uh, no. I disagree. I'd say this way about half. I don't think so. Okay, whatever. We'll agree to disagree. Anyway, Ashley writes Okay, them. either way, they're handwritten by Ashley or Sierra. Yes, either way, they're handwritten and mailed, so they're beautiful. That is true. That is true. So what else can you do? You can head on over to Facebook, Twitter. Oh, my God. That's okay. Twitter it is. Fuck it. Head on over to Twitter. You know what it is. 
Head on over there. Head on over to TikTok. Go to YouTube. Give us uh, ratings. Give us reviews. Give us likes. Give us follows. Whatever you do on those social media platforms. Uh, help us build that following. You know what else you guys can do? Tell a friend. Tell a friend about Weekly Dose of Wiccan. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would mean a lot to us. If all of you told a friend, it would double our listeners. Or post if, it on your Facebook. Yeah, or post it on your Facebook. Or your or Instagram. Whatever. But you know what? Just spread the word. Let people know. If each of you just told one person, it would double our listeners. If each of you told two people, it would triple our listeners. You have any idea what that would do for our podcast? That would be a huge blessing to us. So you know what? Just spread the word, guys. Just share with your friends. If you like what you're listening to, which obviously you do, or you want it to turn in, obviously you do, or you want it to tune in every week. So you know what? Just spread the wealth. Tell them how much you love it. All right. Without Sounds further like ado, without further ado, I got a case for you. Um, and I also want to just clarify this. Ashley and I recorded last week's episode and this week's episode on the same day, so I did not copy her with my case that is nearly identical to hers. She did copy me. No, I did not. She hacked into my Google Drive. Uh, no, I didn't. And she was like, uh, <laughs> making the same case. No, it's not the same case, but it's just similar because it's, you'll see. You'll just see, but I just want to make it known that I did not know the cases were as similar as they were. It's okay. All right. So without further ado. We love a good um, spouse killer. We don't love that. I'm sorry. No, we don't. <laughs> that was a weird thing for you to say. It's because I'm texting <laughs> mom about water bottles. Oh, okay. Because I need some. For what? So I'm not thirsty in the car. Just go buy yourself some water bottles. Why would I buy water bottles if mom has water bottles? Okay, that's true. If you need it and your parents have it, it's yours. That's true. That's how it I used works. to take dishwasher pods all the time. That's how it works. And trash bags. Right. So Roll the toilet paper here or there. Right. Paper towels. Yeah. Whatever you need. No, dishwasher pods I used to be real. I used to come like and just take like three in a little Ziploc baggie to like do my dishes for the week. <laughs> Back when I only had one child and do dishes as often, all the time I used to just come. I'd be like, ah, three dishwasher pods. I'll get me through the week. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I asked Tyler. I was like, hey, um, could, you know, we're leaving tomorrow for our trip that has already happened on this episode. And um, I was like, hey, can you go to Walmart? And we needed some chlorine for the pool. And I was like, and then when you're there, can you also get us, like, some snacks and some drinks so we don't have to, like, go to the gas station and pay gas station prices? Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. And I was like, make sure you get me things I like. And he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. What did he get me? I have no idea. Pepsi. You don't like Pepsi? I hate Pepsi. And, well, he got us Pepsi and Trey Lemon Sundrop, which I like Trey Lemon Sundrop. But how many sodas do I drink in a week? In a day. In a week? I mean, in a day. I don't even think you drink a soda a day. I don't even drink a soda a week. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, I would say like one every couple of days. I would say, no. No? Okay. I would say two a month, maybe. Okay. Okay, so what do I drink? Water. Water. Yeah, I know. So what would you get me if I asked you to give me some drinks for a car ride? I would tell you to fill your cup up at the water fountain, you spoiled brat. No, we're not stopping. You will have to stop for something. For gas? I'm going to... That's only every five hours. And you need to fill your cup more than that? No. Sarah, you drink a two liter a minute. I mean, <laughs> Like, let's be for real. First of all, I don't drink two liters. I drink cans or 20 ounce bottles. So, no. Okay, either way. Second of all... How many <laughs> Coke Zeros would you drink... In five hours. And if, if we you say one, that's a lie. If we were traveling, I would have two drinks going. <laughs> I would have a water and a Coke Zero bottle. And mm-hmm. I would definitely drink both of those. 
within, all right, so you're saying you're stopping every five hours. I would probably drink both of those within about three hours. Okay, so you need a refill. But then I would suffer through the other two. I would not refill. No. Because I don't buy, I don't pre-get the things. I just pay the <laughs> gas station prices. So I would just get them at the gas station. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I want to stop as less as possible. Okay. As least as possible, ma'am. As least as possible. You know what yes, I meant. I'm tired, okay? Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry that I didn't get you water bottles. Does mom have some? Yes. Okay. So crisis averted. Yeah. So I was texting mom when you were talking. So and I wasn't that's really why attention. you said that we love spouse killers. <laughs> yes. Okay. We don't love spouse I'm killers. I'm glad we went off on that tangent that nobody cared about. Without <laughs> without any further interruptions, let's get into my case, please. Okay. Ma'am, stop texting. Let me just finish how many water bottles I want. Okay. Hurry up. I'm done. Okay. Thank you. All right. Now, on to the case. Now, you've distracted us for so long. All right. Sorry. On February 7th of 2009, a frantic Tom Foley calls 911. He has just found his 41-year-old wife, Dar Foley, dead in their bathroom. Now, back to some light Was she in the bathtub? No, she was in the stand-up shower. Why? Why? Well, because it's just funny. That I mean, it's not funny, but like, mine was in a hot tub taking a bath. No, and she was, was in, the in the shower. Exactly, that's what I was saying. Like, the similarities are strange. Yeah. Considering we didn't discuss it. All right, now for some lightheartedness, back to, you know, some good things. Tom and Darlene met in 1991. That was Dar's real name, Darlene, in case you didn't know. Okay. But she goes by Dar, so that's what we're going to call her. Sounds good to me. They're both from Coldwater, Michigan. Tom recalls the first time that he saw Dar. He said that she was wearing lime green specks and playing softball. Do you know what specks are? Glasses? No, they're like weird little goggle things. Oh. <laughs> they were actually called, like, lime green rec specks. I think that's what they were actually called. Lime green oh. rec specks. Um, yeah, like specs, obviously are glasses, but I think they're called rec specs, and they were like little goggles with like a band. Mm. They were for sports, like for eye care, for protection. Makes sense because I don't play sports. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway, he said she looked pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> uh, but when she took them off, she was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. The two quickly fell in love, and before they knew it, they were planning a wedding. Dar's sisters recall thinking there must be something wrong with Tom. <laughs> Tom was very laid back and chill, and Dar was loud and opinionated. Her sister said she was always the center of attention and she was very much in control. But Tom said that that was what he loved about her. I actually really liked that because it made me think of your maid of honor speech at my wedding when you said you never thought I would find love. Yeah. And it was rude. That's basically what I said, yeah. Yeah, essentially that's what you said, but that's what they were saying too. And I also thought it was kind of nice because typically we hear these cases and they're like, they lit up a room. They were the light of the earth. And her sister's like, nah, dude, she was loud. She was opinionated. <laughs> she was bossy. She was controlling. Like, we loved her, but she was a lot. And yeah. I was like, thank you for being real. Yes. I like it. Anyway, Tom said that's what he loved most about her. By 1994, the two had married. And in 1999, they welcomed their son Heath into the world. Dar, being the baddie that she was, continued working as a school teacher, making her the primary breadwinner of the home, while Tom focused on taking care of Heath. I love... Why are you making that face? She was the breadwinner as a teacher? Like, that's uh, pretty crazy. I agree. Um, I agree, but i talk about that a little later on. So I love a woman breaking gender norms before it was even cool to do so. So the mm-hmm. fact that like, she was doing that in the 90s, like, right. that's why she's a baddie. <laughs> on February 7th of 2009, the happy family of three had plans to celebrate Heath's 10th birthday with some friends. Dar needed to take a shower, so she told Tom and Heath, as well as Heath's friend Skylar, who was there, to go ahead without her, and she would meet them there. When Dar did not show up, Tom got concerned. He headed home to check on her. When he arrived, he noticed the back door was open and the glass window was broken. He searched the house for Dar and finally found her in the shower. She had been shot at point-blank range by a shotgun in the head. Oh. Yeah. Tom immediately called 911. Police and paramedics rushed to the Foley home. 
Michigan State Police Detective James Carbon said, we don't have a lot of homicides in and around Branch County. And because of her position as a school teacher, she was well known. And that made this a much more serious investigation. So they took it more seriously because of like how small the area was. And she was like a community right. leader, essentially, because she worked, you know, in the school system. Okay, so I would like to interrupt. Um, you can edit this out if you want. Okay. But my morbid self. Mm-hmm. Immediately when you were like, oh, she was shot close range by a shotgun. I was like, well, at least she was in the shower, so it cleaned up easy. Ashley, that's a horrible thing. <laughs> I know. Like, what is wrong with me? Why would you say that? Because I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible, morbid person. That is a horrible thing for you to say. You can edit that out. I agree, though. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> I actually, when I was listening, I was like, oh, what a mess. Well, she was like, in the shower. point blank with a shotgun. Yeah, I mean, that's gross. That's disgusting. That's a mess. Mm-hmm horrible okay anyway back to the case now that we've went on that little tangent that was not even a tangent no but that little side note there uh police began processing the scene they immediately were concerned that this was a home invasion gone wrong the back door window had been smashed out by a beer bottle credit card jewelry and the family's financial documents were missing the medicine cabinet in the bathroom had had been ransacked police did notice though that there were a lot of valuable items left behind for instance electronics and also dar's purse was untouched Okay. That didn't sit well with the investigators. They also thought the use of a shotgun was strange. You know, it's a bulky item for a burglary. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, but if that's all you have, that's all you have. This is my thoughts on it. My my morbid self. The Foley's lived on a farm, so it's safe to assume that they didn't have many neighbors. And if they did, it wouldn't really be that unusual to hear shotgun shots, would it? Right? I live in the middle of nowhere, and my neighbors shoot guns all the time. Right, so, so you well, don't think much of it. Right, I see what they're thinking with the shotgun being bulky. And, like, obviously it's not going to be ideal for carrying around while you're ransacking a house. But at the same time, shotguns are unregistered guns in most states. Right. I did check, and Maryland is a state that does not require shotguns to be registered. So while the police say that a burglar isn't going to want to carry around a bulky gun, which I agree with, but a shotgun loaded with the proper ammo is going to absolutely wreck someone. Yeah. So I think that if someone is using a shotgun as a murder weapon, they know that whoever they shoot isn't going to survive. So I think that, like, given the location, it's really the perfect murder weapon. Yeah. Because nobody's going to think anything of the gunshots. And also, they can't track it since it's unregistered. It's going to kill its target pretty immediately. And since they're in the middle of nowhere... I mean, they easily could have just, like, set the gun down and ransacked the house. Like, they're not right. actually having to physically carry it through. Right. I just feel like, given, like, the area that they're in, I don't feel like they had to really be super rushed either. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, so, that makes sense. I don't agree out. with them. Like, when they said that, I was like, no, I disagree 100%. I think it's a perfect murder weapon. Right. Especially in this instant. Now, obviously, if you pull a shotgun out in Chicago. And even if, like, okay. Or the streets in New York City, like, that's going to be an issue. But, right. Like, but in the middle of nowhere. But also, like, they, I mean, they're unregistered. Whoever it was could have, like, worn a glove and, like, left the shotgun there mm-hmm. and not taken it with them. Exactly. Then there would be no fingerprints. It wouldn't be traced back to them because there's no registration on it. Right. So then they could have burglarized the home and left with the th- with the stuff. Yeah. And not worried about the gun. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. I obviously I mean, think... I think if you're um, burglarizing something, you probably shouldn't be wasting money leaving a gun because usually you burglarize to get money. Right. So that'd be kind of silly, but it's possible. Yeah. So, obviously, that's my opinion on the matter. I'm not a professional, but I just wanted to talk that out with you because I felt like you would be on my side with that. Yeah. Um, so, in the basement, police find a yellow grocery bag. 
They say that this is key evidence because the basement is, like, gross and dusty, and this bag is in pristine condition. Okay. Inside of this pristine yellow bag, there are shotgun shells. Okay. So they send this off for testing, hopeful that they'll get some evidence off of it. This evidence paired with the lack of muddy footprints, police believe that, um, I'm sorry, police quickly shift gears from a home invasion to someone trying to cover up a homicide. Okay. So they said it had been rainy, and if somebody had entered the home, there would have been muddy footprints. Okay. Or they could have taken their shoes off. Or there could have been like a mat. They could have wiped their feet on it. Yeah. But anyway, they very quickly decide, nope, this is somebody covering up a homicide. And where do police turn first during homicide investigations? The spouse. Exactly. Two spouse. Tom becomes their top suspect in the murder of Dar Foley. Family and friends begin to question Tom as well. Dar's sister said that at the funeral, um, that's what really did it for them, Tom seemed almost joyful, and multiple people approached them about Tom's odd behavior. Okay. But why? Tom and Dar are madly in love, and they have no problems. They are the picture-perfect couple. That's what I heard. So please speculate that it could have something to do with the $310,000 life insurance policy. That's a lot of money. That's a random number. Yeah. $310,000. I agree. That is random. Adjusted for inflation, that's $441,715. Okay. Please start asking family and friends about Dar and Tom's relationship. Some friends are like, no, absolutely not. There's no way that Tom did this. Uh, one of the friends interviewed said that would really just be dumb. He said, Dar made good money, so why would he kill the golden goose? Which I thought was a funny thing for what him to say. What's wrong with people? <laughs> well, that's what he said. He was like, why would he kill the golden goose? Like, Tom had it made. He didn't have to work. Dar made good money. So that's why I looked into it. It's because people say stupid things like me. <laughs> so I looked into it. The average pay in Maryland in 2009 for a teacher was $60,000 a year. 60 or 68? 60. Okay. That was the median pay. Okay. So, I mean, at that point, Dar had already been a teacher. I mean, so it's 2009. She had already been a teacher for at least 10 years, if not longer. Okay. Because she was a teacher prior to Heath being born. So it's safe to say that she was making more than $60,000 a year. Right. If that's the median pay. But even if she is making 60000 that's by no means a millionaire. But, I mean, that's decent money for teaching. Yeah. Especially considering how underpaid teachers are. Yeah. I mean, that is good money for teaching. I just don't feel like that's, like, golden goose money for... Being the sole. Well, we have to think, too, like, that was 2009. Okay. So, adjusted for inflation, that's probably closer to, honestly, like, $100,000 a year at 60000 Okay. Yeah, I could see but that. But also, she's probably, again, making more than that because that was the median pay. Right. And at this point, she's already been teaching for at least 10 years, if not longer. Right. So, honestly, I'd say it's probably safe to say at least 15 years. Mm-hmm. Because it said that even when they got married, I'm pretty sure she was a teacher at that point. So... I think it's, I mean, she probably was making close to like 70, 75,000, I would say. Okay. That, against my opinion. I don't know that for a fact. But either way, they were comfortable. I mean, like, they weren't hurting for money, and Tom didn't work at all. Like, they were perfectly good with just Star's money. Right. So, uh, friends also said that Tom never would have done that to his son. He never would have killed his mother on the day that they were celebrating his birthday. Yeah, that's really Even crappy. if he was going to kill her, it would not have been on that day. Okay, so they're not saying he wasn't going to kill her. They're just saying not on the son's birthday. No, I mean, I that was kind of me ad-libbing there. But they're saying, like, okay. he 100% would not <laughs> so have done it. you're saying that. He 100% would not have done it on his birthday. Like okay. That, or the day they were celebrating his birthday. I mean, I agree. That would be really, really crappy. Yeah. So while friends of the Foley's don't think Tom could have done it, Dar's sisters think otherwise. Hmm. One of Dar's sisters did say that Tom and Dar were having some problems. She said that Dar had confided in her that she thought Tom was done with their marriage. They say that they are certain that Tom killed Dar. He was resentful towards her. He didn't feel like a man. 
He would have never divorced her because he would lose everything. He was too selfish and cowardly to deal with that backlash. He wanted Heath and he wanted the house and he wanted her money and he couldn't have any of that if he simply left her. So the only answer was to kill her. That just sounds like sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Why? Like, I don't know, just sticking up for their sister. Like, that piece of trash, man. Yeah. yeah. So she had three sisters, and I thought they really, I mean, they were really sweet, like, sitting there talking about her, but they're certain that Tom did it. Yeah. So, I don't know. So that plastic bag comes back, mm-hmm. and Tom's fingerprints are on it. Okay. And now it's time for a little ad break. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now we're back from that little ad break. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so stupid. All right. So before that little ad that may or may not have been there, um, the police, I'm sorry, the plastic bag comes back and Tom's fingerprints are on it. So okay. what do you make of that? I mean, do the shotgun shells, are they the same ones? Did they run a ballistics on them? I don't know that yet. Okay. I'm just saying, like, what do you think of those fingerprints on the bag? I mean, maybe, did he own a shotgun? Maybe they're just his shotgun shells that he has by coincidence. Maybe. I'm not asking about the bag or about the shotgun shells. I'm asking about the bag. We're not talking about the shotgun shells. The bag. The bag had his fingerprints on it. But right, but the bag has the shotgun shells in it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll move on. Um, what are you trying to get I from I don't know. Me? I just wanted to know what your opinion was on his fingerprints being on the bag. I just want to know what you thought I of mean, that. just like initially. house. Okay. Mine is, that's no evidence. Thank you. That's, that's what opinion. I wanted to hear. For, that's what I was thinking. Okay. To well, me, that's, that's I was nothing. saying. So... <laughs> please ask tom if he knows anything about the plastic bag he, he says no he has no idea but with the circumstantial evidence that they do have they arrest tom foley for the murder of his wife dar from a bag essentially from the bag and then a little bit of some interviewing that they've done that we'll get to in just a second like it's his house of course there's gonna be fingerprints on his things in his house right so my next sentence is the plastic bag to me is honestly trash evidence right obviously the plastic bag is gonna have his fingerprints on it it more than likely came from his home and dar is the breadwinner and Tom is more of a homemaker. So he's doing the grocery shopping. Right. It's very likely that he got that bag grocery shopping and carried it in the house. So I wasn't even thinking that. I'm thinking, like, it would make sense that they're, it's his bag of shotgun shells because there it's his no house. There are no fingerprints on the shotgun shells. Okay. Well, either way. It's his, yeah, he does the grocery shopping. It's his bag. That's what gets me. There's no fingerprints on the shotgun shells. None. Hmm. Okay. So why would he clean his fingerprints? Like, uh, that's careless. Yeah. That's extremely careless. Yeah. So... What I was saying here, though, like, he does the grocery shopping. Obviously, he's probably he probably carried that bag into the house. It doesn't mean that someone else didn't use that bag to put the shell casings in. And if there was no fingerprints on the shotgun shells, then... They wouldn't have put their fingerprints on the bag. Right. Because they, they were probably wearing gloves. More gloves. Also, they never found the shotgun. So why would Tom go through the trouble of getting rid of the murder weapon and then just throw the shells under the house? Right. Like, that makes no sense to me. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So I thought you said... It was like shotgun shells, like that had uh, like hadn't been used. Shotgun no, shells. they were used, not like shells. shot off, like casings. It was the casings. Okay, yes. I mean, I could see a little like they're like. Initially, I was just thinking like, yeah, he has a bag of shotgun shells. Okay, no, it's the casings. Okay, that makes a little more sense. 
of why they thought it might be a little something. But I mean, I can see why they would think it was a little something. I don't think it's enough to arrest him on. No, definitely not. Not at all. Yeah. So police question Heath as well as as his friend Skylar, and both boys have essentially the same story. They say that Dar wanted to shower, so they were going to go ahead of her. Uh, they say that Tom told them to go ahead and get in the car and he would be out in a moment. They didn't remember anything strange. It all seemed totally normal. Skylar did remember a little before that hearing a loud bang, but he said it just sounded like maybe a vase fell. Police gave him a sketch of the Foley house and asked where he thought the sound came from. And he pointed out um, the area where the bathroom was that Dar was murdered in. <laughs> this was also key evidence in Tom's arrest. They believe the noise that Skylar heard was the shotgun killing Okay, but Dar. that's pretty loud. Yeah. A lot louder than what he thinks is a vase. Mm-hmm. But if that were the case, the only other person in the house is Tom Foley at this time. Right, but I don't think that was a shotgun. Well, you think doesn't matter, actually. Okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> you are correct. So after they arrested Tom, police asked Heath to come in and again for questioning, and this time he remembered hearing a sound, too. He said maybe it was a shotgun or glass breaking. So Tom says that what the boys heard was him dropping an old window from one of the barns. That checks out to me. Okay. Skylar initially said that what he had heard, he thought was the sound of a vase breaking. I feel like, in my opinion, police led him to the jump to a shotgun. Yeah. Because he said it sounded like a vase. Mm-hmm. By the time Heath remembers the noise, he said it was either glass breaking or a shotgun. Those are two very different noises. Right. And I think that Heath was a 10-year-old little boy. And, and impressionable. he very easily, by that point, also could have been led. Yeah. He didn't remember it at first. He only remembered it once his father had been arrested. Right. And most people in his life think that he killed, that his father killed his mother. Right. It's not anything against Heath. Like, I'm not blaming him. I'm sure he was hurt and confused, and he easily could have remembered things differently based off of what he had heard other people say. Right. Right. I mean, like, quite often, like, I think back to my childhood, and I'm like, I think of my memory, and I'm like, did that really happen? Or did somebody tell me that happened? Right. You know, like, do I actually remember that? Or do I just remember people telling me that happened? Yeah. I think about that quite often because I have a horrible memory. Like, you have a horrible memory that you had of something happening? No, I just, I have a horrible oh, memory in okay. general. Okay. So, like, I'll think of something from my childhood, and then I'm like, did that, do I re- actually remember that? Or did people, do I just remember people talking about that? I got you. I thought you meant, like, something horrible happened to you, and you wanted to know if it was a real memory, and I was like, what happened? No, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I have now. a poor memory. I understand now. I was concerned for a moment. Like, my stomach dropped a little. I was like, oh my god, what happened to you that you didn't tell me about? <laughs> like, you're like, I have a horrible memory from my childhood. I was like, What? No. Okay, I understand now. I got confused. Okay, so Tom goes to trial in November of 2009. So again, my trial went much quicker than yours. Yeah. She was murdered in February, trial by November. Yeah. Uh, the prosecution agrees, no. The prosecution argues that Tom is the only one with motive. Okay. Of course he's the only one with motive. He's the only suspect. Right. That they've entertained. Right. Of course there's no one else with motive. They haven't looked for anyone else. Right. He was the first and the last. Yes. So the defense argues that police were too quick to judge and they didn't they don't look at anyone else. I agree. I agree, defense. Regardless, though, Tom's found guilty of Dar Foley's murder on November 27th of 2009. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. So what do you think of that case? I mean, I don't necessarily know that he did that. Well, good, because we have four pages left. Okay. <laughs> so before he can be sentenced, Tom's attorney would file a motion for another trial. Evidence from an eyewitness comes to light literally like the day after he's found guilty. Oh, good. She claimed to have seen a white car flying out of the Foley's driveway. She said that the driver was not Tom. And her timeline matches. After this uh, eyewitness comes forward, two more people would come forward, claiming to have seen a white car at the Foley's during the timeline of when Dar would have been shot in her shower. Okay, so why did it take them nine months? I don't know, actually. People annoy me. They annoy me as well. 
Okay. So this evidence gave enough reasonable doubt that the case was reopened and Tom was given a second trial. Okay. It did take a year of appeals and it did end up having to go to a state level, but he did get a new trial and he was in prison that whole time. Oh, that sucks. So Tom actually found out about his new trial from a fellow inmate. Oh, that's good. He said he was walking through the prison hallways when someone told him, hey, God, hey, like I saw you on the news. And he was like, you saw me on the news for what? And he was like, oh, for the new trial you're getting. And he was like, what? Like I'm getting a new trial? Like that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's like the news knew before he did. Uh, during Tom's second trial, the prosecution focused heavily on that yellow bag of shotgun shells. They also entered the family's home phone records into evidence, showing that Tom never attempted to call Dar when she didn't show up at that party. They say he didn't call because he knew she was already dead. Okay. That, to me, is weird. I would agree. That is a little weird. So, they brought Dar's family and friends of the Foley's to the stand. Uh, they testified that Tom found his wife to be controlling and that he didn't want to be married anymore. They said that Tom wanted out. Uh, they also brought Carolyn Zuck on the stand. So Carolyn worked with Dar at the school. Carolyn claimed that Tom told her that he had feelings for her and that he wanted to leave his wife and that he even tried to kiss her. Okay. Marion Crandall also took the stand. She claims that approximately two weeks after Dar's death, she stopped by to check on Tom. At that time, he attempted to initiate sex with her in his living room. Okay. She said the two of them stopped it from happening, but it doesn't look very good for Tom. He's trying to have sex with someone just two weeks after his wife was brutally murdered. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's not the best thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a murderer. Yeah. So the judge ruled out the testimony of uh, Marion Crandall. Uh, he said it was inadmissible as there was no record of relationship prior to Dar's death. He was like, this literally has nothing to do with his wife's murder. Right. Like, should he have tried to sleep with you? No. Right. But that doesn't mean he's a murderer. Right. Okay, good. Uh, another witness testimony that was ruled admissible due to hearsay was that of Tom and Dar's niece. She claimed about two weeks before Dar's death that she had come over to babysit Heath. And when she did, Dar told her to be careful of the broken glass out back. So her testimony is saying that Tom broke that window weeks before and not the day of Dar's death. Okay. This window that he claims to have broken that the boys heard. The prosecution also called Skylar and Heath to the stand. Both boys now claim on the stand that they heard a shotgun. Okay. Even though initially they said glass. Right. So the defense would focus heavily on the boys' testimony. Tom claimed that the noise that they heard was him dropping a window. And initially the boys both said the noise sounded like glass breaking. The defense believes that the boys have been coached over time and that this is why their stories changed so much. Right. That makes um, sense. Police claim to have found no evidence of a broken window at the Foley house when they processed the scene. Well, Tom's lawyers went to the Foley house four days after his arrest, and in the exact place that Tom claims to have broken a window, they found glass as well as the empty window frame. So I'm not really sure how the police completely missed that. Right. So while this isn't rock-solid evidence, it's enough to cast, like, doubt on the boy's testimony. Um, especially because the lawyer showed, like, the shards of glass. They were able to, like, line it up to prove that, like, the glass came from this window. Right. So, I don't know. The defense calls Jeanette Moore to the stand. That is the woman who claims um, to have seen a white car leaving the Foley's home. So, she says that she was nearly hit by a white car flying out of the Foley's driveway. She says the driver was a young a young male, uh, maybe 18 to 20 years old. He was very white and had very dark hair, which okay. does not meet the description of Tom. Tom is kind of tan and like salt and pepper. Okay. Uh, and also, he wasn't 18 to 20. He was okay. 40. He was in his 40s. Uh, she said the driver was punching the steering wheel. And when asked why she didn't come forward sooner, she said that she was afraid. And I don't blame her. You know, at first I was like, what a piece of trash. Like, why wouldn't she come forward? But if, in fact, she saw this car, the person inside of it 
is more than likely the person that just shot and killed Darth Foley in her home, right. point blank with a shotgun. So I can see why she wouldn't really want to come forward publicly. I think, like, she even said she felt extreme guilt for not coming forward sooner and that she hopes that the Lord will forgive her, but she was afraid and that she never imagined they would find Tom guilty. So she didn't right. think it was necessary for her to come forward. But then once they did, she felt like she had to. Okay. Well, so. at least she had a conscience. Yes. They then called the other two witnesses to the stand who claimed to have saw the white car at the Foley's. And finally, the, the defense calls Tom Foley to the stand. So this can really go either way. And it's a risky move, as we Yeah. Know. It's kind of like a last. Last ditch effort. Yeah. yeah. So Tom said that he really just wanted to convince everyone that he had not done this. So they asked Tom about the yellow bag with the shotgun shells. And he says, yeah. The bag's obviously mine. It's a store we shopped at all the time, and it more than likely came from my house. So, of course, it would have my fingerprints on it. But Tom also pointed out that there were no fingerprints on the shotgun cell. On the, oh, my God. On the sh- I don't even know what word that was that I just said. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> uh, Tom also pointed out that there were no fingerprints on the shotgun shells, which to me is very important information. Right. Like, it doesn't even make sense of why he would clean. The, the, honestly, the, it just makes no sense at all. Like, why would he get rid of the shotgun? leave the shells, and why would he wipe his fingerprints from the shells and not, and then use a bag that has his fingerprints on it? Right. Like, that's just careless. Um, He also says that he doesn't even know how to use a shotgun. He's never touched one. He doesn't own one. Like, he's like, I wouldn't even know the first thing about loading a shotgun. Right. Obviously, I don't know that they can really prove that, because, I mean, obviously, he could just, like, pretend he doesn't know what he's doing, but. Right. <laughs> uh, when asked why he didn't call the house before going to check on Dar, he said that he could feel something was wrong. He also said they didn't have cell phones at that time. So he would have had to call from the home phone where he was to the home phone, like, at their house. And he said he just felt like he needed to get to her as soon as he could. So he just jumped in the car and went there. And also, from my understanding, they were at a neighbor's house. So it's not like he was 20 minutes away. Right. He was literally, like, right down the road. Okay. So I can get behind this. Yeah. And I mean, I totally get the bad feeling. So I said that, too. They'd been together at this point for 18 years. Right. That's a serious connection. I 100% can see him just knowing something's wrong. Right. I mean, I have that happen even with people that aren't my husband that I'm just close to. Like when Allison's mom passed away, I knew something was wrong. And she's three and a half hours away from me. Right. And I could feel it in my gut. So I can get behind that. Right. So Tom said, Tom said that money was not a motive. He said... They had a mortgage on their house, and $310 was not going to get him very far at all. So. $310? $310, I'm sorry. $310,000. Okay. I was like, I think we're talking about life insurance here, but, like, that's not right. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting tired. Yeah, me too. No, he said $310,000 was not going to get him far. Okay. I would would agree with that. He said, you know, they have a mortgage on their house. He was like, no. Like, the life insurance money was not motive enough. Essentially, he was I saying, agree. like, I feel like essentially he was saying, like, $310,000 was not enough for me to kill her. Right. $300 million? Uh, <laughs> I don't no. think that's what he said, but. Uh, I, I get behind that, though, because, like, I, all the time I'm like, why? Like, that's not enough money. Right. And he said that. He was like, it's not enough money for me to kill my wife. No. $310,000 is nothing. I mean, I couldn't put a price on that, but, like, 310000 is not it. No. Nope. No. Okay. So when Tom was asked to describe his and Dar's relationship, he got very emotional. He admitted to flirting with Carolyn Zuck, um, but he said that that was years before Dar's murder. Okay. Uh, he said that since then, he had actually told Dar about his feelings for Carrie, as he called her, and that he and Dar actually had went to counseling. 
and they were in a better place. Okay. So, the jury deliberates, and they come back with their verdict. What do you think? I mean, I'm going for not guilty, but I don't know. They did come back not guilty. Good. So, Tom began sobbing and thanking the jury, which was actually, like, really sad, like, watching him. Like, he was sobbing and just telling them, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but a lot of people still believe that Tom's guilty of Dar's murder. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Tom did regain custody of Heath. Good. Um, but it seems that Heath still thinks his father killed his mother. Oh, that's sad. And when asked why, Heath simply says he doesn't know how else it could have been. I mean, there's horrible people in this world. It could have been literally anyone. I agree. Um, Tom says it's just kind of a subject he treads lightly on. It's not something that he pushes. Uh, that would be horrible. He said, like, he's not mad at him, but he's mad at the people in his life who he feels like coached his son against him. Right. Which I think is Dar's sisters. That's who he's blaming. Right. But, like, Dar's sisters are certain that Tom did it. To this day. It just doesn't seem possible to me. It doesn't seem possible? Plausible. Okay. Why? Because the kids did not hear shotgun. They heard glass. Right. Which then then changed. So, if they were in the house and he shot her, they would have heard him. Unless he hired someone else to do it. Right. I could see, like, if he had come back and killed her. I don't think that he could have killed her with the kids there. Right. Because I don't think that what they heard was a shotgun. Right. They both described it as glass breaking initially. Right. Like, first of all, initially, Heath didn't even hear it. Only his friend did. What was his right. friend's name? I can't remember. Skylar. So initially, Skylar was the only one to hear it. And Skylar said it sounded like a loud noise, like a vase breaking, which checks out for glass. Right. Like, he didn't say it sounded like a gunshot. He said it was loud, like glass, like a vase breaking. Which would check with a window. Right. And again, Heath didn't even initially hear it. Right. And then later when Heath did hear it too, I forgot, I didn't put this part in here, but he said when he first heard it, he thought maybe Skylar had run into the wall. Oh, okay. So like, again, I don't think it was a shotgun. Right. Like those are bare, those are not gun noises. Right. Guns are loud. Right. And if these kids had never been around guns, they very easily could have been like coerced into thinking it was a gun. Yeah. It, like Tom said, like, he didn't have guns. He didn't know anything about guns. Like, if that's true, he had never See, been around guns. Neither would the son. I kind of feel like that could go either way, though. Because if they've never been around guns, also, they wouldn't know what they sound like. So, they wouldn't know how to describe the sound. I so. mean, yeah, but they could have said, like, it was a really loud bang. Right. Not, it sounded like glass breaking. Well, that's what he said. He said it was a really loud bang, like a vase breaking. That's what he said. But I don't think a shotgun sounds like a vase breaking. Right. I've heard a shotgun. Right. I don't think it sounds like a face breaking. No. Nowhere near that. So, I don't know. Is Do I think that Heath... Not Heath. Do I think that Tom killed Dar? No. I don't think he did. But I don't know without a shadow of a doubt that he didn't do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always that possibility. But to me, no. It doesn't seem like he did. It doesn't seem like he did at all. That's why being on a... Do I think it was shitty that he tried to sleep with someone two weeks after his wife died? Yes. Yeah, but that doesn't make him a murderer. But also men are different. Like men, I don't know. They get over its shit real quick. Right. I don't understand it. Like a woman's husband can die and she can be single for 40 years. And a man's wife can die and they can remarry in a month. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. But no. But it happens. Happens all the, all time. the time. So yeah, for sure. Men are different. I don't know. 
And he, like, admitted. He was like, yeah, I mean, that did happen. He was like, but I was honestly just really, like, hurt at that time. And I can see, like, why he thought that was acceptable. Right. He just, like, needed comfort, he said. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, a lot of men, yeah, marry other women within, like, a year. Yes. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you have women who don't. Mm-mm. Some who never do. They never remarry. I think that that's so because they realize that men aren't worth hassle. <laughs> that's yeah. what I think. I think they're like, I've done it. Been there, done that. I'm good. I don't want to do that ever again. Yeah, I could see that. That's my thought there. Just saying. No offense to the men. But, yeah, I don't know. But I didn't really realize, I didn't really realize how similar our cases were going to be. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, obviously they're not the same, but. Yeah. You know, yours had a husband and a wife and a daughter. Mine had a husband, wife, and a son. Mm-hmm. Yours was in a bathtub, or in a hot tub taking a bath. Mine was in a shower. Both husbands were accused. Yours was found guilty. Mine was not. He was found guilty the first time. He was, but I don't even know how they found him guilty the first time, obviously. Obviously. Honestly. They didn't even have any evidence. Yeah. Like, that's what got me, too, is, like, they don't even have any evidence. They have, like, the testimony of this 10-year-old kid who they clearly coached. Right. And a plastic bag. Right. That's all. Like, it's so stupid. And Circumstantial like, at best. Oh, he wouldn't. He should have called okay he probably should have called but at the same time i can see why he wouldn't have especially considering like i said i'm fairly positive it was a neighbor like that he wasn't far away at all right so yeah it would just be quicker to run down there and see what's going on right and that's the thing too is like i don't see how he could have killed her because the whole reason he went home is because she was late right so and like she was the kind of person that was never late that's why they were all concerned because she was never late and so when she didn't show up when she was supposed to they all got concerned right so, in order for him to have went back and killed her, she would have had to have been late, which was out of character. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he had to have killed her before he left. If he killed her. And I just don't see how he did that with the boys there. With them hearing glass breaking. Right. And then also there being evidence of that broken window. Yeah, I would agree. Now, I can't be certain of this, but, like, they threw out the testimony of the niece. I'm fairly positive that niece was Dar's niece. Like, her sister's daughter. Right. So, that also could have been coach testimony. That is true. Because the sisters were dead set that he did it, so. Right, they clearly didn't like him. I mean, but. they did like him before she died. Oh. Like, they all said that they, they, that they did like him. Like, he was very quiet, like, you know, very sweet guy. And that's why they all thought he was crazy for staying with Dar. Because she was. Right, yeah, you said that. So, I, they did like him. Mm. Until Dar was murdered. And now. Right. They I do not. it was him. They are certain it was him. And even, like, the prosecutors and stuff, they're like, you know, this isn't a cold case. We found the murderer, and you guys let him go. That's what they say. They're like, we found the murderer, and the jury let him go. Hmm. And he can't be tried again, because it's double right. jeopardy. Was, yeah, double jeopardy. I was just going to say that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean. I think it's crazy that, like, there's they aren't evidence. even trying to, like, find somebody else. Right. Like, that's what I think is so crazy to me. Like, they didn't even attempt to follow other leads. Like, okay, you think he did it? Okay, maybe he did do it, but, like, you need to exhaust all options before you just jump on the boat. Right. Make sure no one else. Right. And, like, when you get this, these people saying that, you know, there was this white car. Go find the white car. Right. Go find the white car. And from my understanding, I don't know, I could be wrong on this, but, like, during the prosecution's, like, closing arguments, she was like, oh, and now you have all these people coming forward. There was a black car, or there was a white car and a white SUV and a black SUV. So they were just having a party. From what I found, all of them claimed to have seen a white car. There was no discrepancy in what car was there. So I think she was just trying to, like, throw throw doubt on that. 
But from right. what I could find, all three people claimed to have, to have seen a white car. Right. None of them said different colors. None of them said SUV. It was a white car. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, that's what they need to be looking for. Right. I don't know. And it could be very likely that it, that is what happened. Like, they could have seen three people get into the car to go to that party mm-hmm. and came and broke into the house, not expecting Dar to still be there. Right. Because it was a family of three that did everything together. Right. So if somebody knew the family and, like, knew there were three of them and saw them get in the car, okay, perfect time, let's go. And then Dar's home. And that's why they're mad because they had to kill her, which they didn't want to do. Right. They were trying to get, like, an easy, you know. Right. An easy little robbery. Like, the woman that saw the car said they were angry and punching the steering wheel. Right. So, clearly, they were distraught about something. Or, here's an idea. You break in. She's in the shower. Go back out. They might not have had a choice, though. You always have a choice. You're right. You do. (laughs) But it was a small town. Like, she was a community pillar. They might. She might have seen them. Yeah, well, sorry, go to jail for burglary and not for murder. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I'm not saying murder is ever okay. But they didn't go to I'm jail saying for murder, in their so head, it didn't matter. Maybe they were thinking they didn't have a choice because she had seen them. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. So, I don't know. Hmm. Well, that was interesting. They may not have even known she was there, honestly, also, because, I mean, I don't know, because I'm just saying this now, but, like, what if she'd already got, like, what if she'd already shut the shower off? Right, and they didn't hear it. And they didn't hear it. So, like, they said they ransacked the bathroom. Maybe they went in the bathroom to ransack for pills, and then they were surprised by Dar. Right. Not expecting her to be there. I don't know. I'm just saying, to me, it makes more sense than someone else did it. Yeah, it does. I agree with that. 100% makes more sense to me. So, I don't know. But, yeah, that's what I got for you this week. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, as Ashley said, love a good spouse killer. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm saying bad things today. Yeah, you are. You're saying awful things. You're going to get us canceled. Well, I told you to edit it out. After all these good reviews we've been getting. I know. Edit it out. (sighs) It's probably the best. I'm really looking for... I would like to find a case where we have very differing views. We don't agree. Why? I don't know. I think that would be fun. We always seem to agree, though. I don't think that's true. I think we've had multiple cases where we've, like, gotten a little heated with each other. You don't think so? No. Like what? I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Maybe I made it up. <coughs> but I definitely feel like we've disagreed. Well, that's dumb. What? I have my computer, like, plugged in, but it's not. <laughs> it's, like, plugged into my computer and not the wall. Good job. So, it's about to die. Uh, we did have different opinions on the one Patreon episode. Was it Patreon? With the dude with the no trespassing signs? I mean, not really. I feel like we did. No? I mean, no. How do we have different opinions? Because you were like, oh, I mean, yeah, obviously they shouldn't have been messing with him, but they didn't deserve to die. And I was like, no, they 100%. I don't feel like you said they deserve to die. I don't think I said they deserve to die, but I think that I said that they knew what they were doing. I 100% think we just read that episode. I'll have to go back and listen to it. I don't remember disagreeing. I just remember you agreeing with me because I was right. I don't think so. I think we disagreed. <laughs> well, I think it did. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do that. I don't care that much. Okay. All right, guys. Well, catch you next week, I guess. All right. Bye. Make sure and have the day you deserve. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at.
www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just a measly three dollars a month that's literally 10 cents a day you can join the slightly wicked after that we've got the moderately wicked for just five dollars a month followed by the awesomely wicked for seven dollars a month and for those high rollers big ballers we have the extraordinarily good so head on over check it out if you like what you see join it up if subscriptions aren't your jam head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash w-d-o-w where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or you know like podcasting equipment which would probably be a better use of our money feel free to give us a follow on instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones or you can give us a like on facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time, and you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. Ba-dum-psh. 